say 70% of international ventures fail due to cultural differences. To know how to navigate or how to relate to someone who mm -hmm. is has a different cultural background. Mm -hmm. We were in a truck, uh, we found someone who would smuggle us over the border, and we went all the way down to Greece. And in Greece, we went to the uh, German embassy in uh, Thessaloniki, and the German government, West German government, ended up helping us to go to West Germany. That is incredible. Yes. I mean, we have this whole refugee crisis right now in Germany, mm -hmm. you know, the whole different nature, but this is mm -hmm. actually the German uh, being a refugee to uh, German or claiming asylum to another part of Germany, which is crazy. Welcome to the Westbound Podcast. My name is Matthias Oertzen, founder and managing director of the Oertzen Group. Each month, we bring you international business leaders to share their personal and professional journey in North America. Thank you for spending time with us. Now, let's get to it. I'm very excited today uh, to speak to Anke Jan. Uh, she's the president of uh, Mind Your Culture, LLC. She's an intercultural coach, and I'm excited to uh, explore together with you uh, about her uh, progression, professional career, and company. Anke, thank you so much for coming today. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. We just got back from a very nice lunch together, yep. which mm -hmm. I very much appreciate, and uh, I'm very excited to hear about um, your life personally a little bit, and we explored at lunch, uh, there's there's uh, quite a story there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> and um, at the same time, obviously, your profession, your company, and uh, how that maybe also intersect with our clients. So um, here we get going with the personal stuff a little bit. Um, sure. <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, um, my name is Anke Jan, and I'm originally from Leipzig, which is uh, former East Germany, and I think this is what kind of makes me unique in a sense with my experience that I had having grown up behind the Iron Curtains. Um, and I lived about two years in Heidelberg, which is West Germany. Uh, I, after that, lived in England for a couple of years, and then I came to the U.S. So oh, I've been in the U.S. now for over 25 years. 25 years, yeah, and Long several time. different stops in the U.S. We'll talk about that later, but yes. I mean, with all these different stops, pretty good uh, foundation for an intercultural coach, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I certainly had those experiences, That's yes. That's awesome. Yes. How, uh, how old were you? I know you're supposed to ask a uh, lady's age, but... It's okay. uh, but yes. how old were you when the wall fell? I think I can that's, I can safely ask that. Yes, yes. Well, the wall fell in 89, mm -hmm. and I was 18 years old. 18 years, yes. okay. So really yes. formative years at the time, yes. yeah. And um, so were you uh, able to come as the wall fell, or did you come before? Um, tell yeah. us a little bit about that story. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Actually, there was this um, fever, that wave, where actually some people might be familiar with uh, the refugee wave uh, back then in 89, the summer of 89. And me and my best friend were, were part of that. So we actually decided to escape and, and leave East Germany. We thought now or never we have this opportunity. Um, to leave, although it wasn't really much of an opportunity, we just took it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't anything planned or anything. But yes, we were going down to Hungary and um, camped there, did vacation there, and then we had the opportunity to uh, actually escape and leave uh, Hungary. We went all the way down to Greece. Uh, we were hidden in a truck. Uh, we found someone who would smuggle us over the border. And we went all the way down to Greece. And in Greece, we went to the uh, German embassy in uh, Thessaloniki. And the German government, West German government, ended up helping us to go to West Germany. That is incredible. Yes. I mean, we have this whole refugee crisis right now in Germany, mm -hmm. you know, the whole different nature. But this is mm -hmm. actually a German uh, being a refugee to uh, German or claiming asylum to another <laughs> part of Germany, which is crazy. Yes. Um, so was this like your family leaving or? No, it was just me and my best friend. Huh. Um, we just took that chance. Like I said, we thought now or never. Uh, we were just vacationing in Hungary like so many people from East Germany. They just took the summer off and went to Hungary for a couple of days or, or a week to camp out. And um, yeah, we couldn't share any of this with our family. It was So your family didn't know? No, no. <laughs> I mean, it was too dangerous yeah. even for them to know. And again, we didn't really have a plan per se. 
So it wasn't like we could share or say, this is what we're going to do, because we didn't know ourselves exactly. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. So it's like two 18-year-olds, I'm assuming your friends the same age, like 18-year-old yes. yes. girls, you know, backpack attend, uh, yeah. some... Uh, yeah, what what was it? What was it called? The the um, the money in the I'm totally drawing a blank. Right, it's also uh, marks, right? Uh, we had yeah the East German marks. East German yes, marks. We had yeah, marks. Some, yeah. some East German marks, yes. and then uh, you know trying to to get yes. there by hitchhiking. Yes. Yeah, I mean, kind of yes. inconce inconceivable if you think about it today. Yeah, that's yes. incredible. Yes. Okay, yes. so you made it to Thessaloniki, and then mm -hmm. from there through the uh, uh, German embassy to to West Germany. Exactly. Yeah. The German government helped us, and they actually flew us to West Germany. Yeah. Um, and then we had to find Gießen. Uh, the town Gießen was mm -hmm. known for the refugee camp, so people, uh, any kind of refugees, not just from East Germany, from anywhere else, really. Yeah. They had to go there and register, and uh, we ended up at Gießen in, at the refugee camp and yeah. did all the paper stuff. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Tell me, uh, you had talked about this at lunch, and I thought that this was like crazy to me. I remember coming to the States, and it was a culture shock. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, coming here and seeing all that, it really felt like a movie for, for probably 18 months or so, right? <laughs> yeah. You mentioned something like that, that Germany was really like this for you. Yeah. Western Germany was like that. Can you yeah. talk to you about that a little bit? Yeah. yeah, especially as an interculturist, people think that my experience from Germany to the U.S. would be the biggest culture shock simply because of the distance. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the biggest culture shock I've ever had was actually going from East to West Germany. Wow. And the surprise there for me, and I'm sure for other people as well who hear about it, is because we, you know, East and West Germany uh, really was just divided for about 40 years, but we speak the same language, yeah. the same food and everything. Right. But I could not relate to people and they couldn't relate me to me. Um, just things they were talking about and just the, uh, I just had a really hard time. I just, uh, it was a culture shock I had. I yeah. had a hard time in West Germany. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. I can imagine. I mean, um, you know, I think the, the DDR, which, what, what it was called, mm -hmm. you know, was always often described as kind of gray, you know, like the, <laughs> yes. the buildings and the, uh, and the people. The and, mood. The, yeah. Uh, the 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 air you know was very industrial very polluted yeah and everything was just yeah if you have to describe east germany in one word it mm -hmm. would be great it would be for great. sure yeah. yeah okay yeah. 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 yeah interesting so for all the proponents of socialism out there i know <laughs> capitalism has its issues but um you know anyways I'm not going to yes. go there today no. it's not a political <laughs> show yeah exactly um how, so then, uh, keep telling us about how you got from, so you're 18, mm -hmm. uh, you made it to Western Germany. Yes. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Well, yeah. we actually ended up, they put, uh, I actually ended up in Heidelberg, mm -hmm. and that was their, uh, they had their first refugees in Heidelberg, and there were about 100 of them. We, they had an old building uh, that was empty, so they just, um, the two buses full of re refugees that arrived in Heidelberg, and um, they put some bump bags in there and uh, we stayed there for quite some time until we actually got established with a job and, and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. did you do like an apprenticeship or you went back to school? Mm, or? No, mm -hmm. um, I did an apprenticeship actually in Leipzig, although I didn't finish it because we left. Yeah. Um, and it was as a furrier. Mm -hmm. I made fur coats. And uh, today I'm a vegetarian because of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. So I knew that was not the area I wanted to continue. Yeah. And for us, we were so afraid that because in the East we've heard about uh, you know, homelessness and people, you know, we heard all this propaganda, not that we believed it, but we certainly were scared. How are we going to survive? Right. How are you going to figure out life in the West? Right. Especially being so young and yeah. not knowing anybody. It's right. not like we had family there. Yeah. So I wonder how that makes you feel today, because I mean, don't you hear propaganda everywhere nowadays? You know, and I often feel like as someone who has immigrated to um, you to the United States, even from from family or friends mm -hmm. at home, I hear certain things like, "No, that's 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 <laughs> not how it is in the United States," you yes. know, or "No, that's not true." Or I hear American friends talk about Europe or Germany, mm -hmm. and 
no, that's not true. <laughs> you know, it's, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. But I think today is more the ideas people have. It's more for movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, it was a very different Straight story. Straight propaganda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we were afraid we um, we're going to end up on the street. What's mm-hmm. going to happen? So mm-hmm. we we're really fearful. So the idea of studying, no, we we need a job. We need to work. Mm-hmm. So that was our idea. So I. First job that was offered to me was in a um, Trogerei mm-hmm. printing company. Like printing company, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I worked there for a little while, and then I ended up working in the family as a nanny, as an au pair, um, because I wanted to get that experience because I knew I kind of wanted to leave Germany, mm-hmm. and I ended up as an au pair going to England. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. I mean, the bravery it must have taken to you know, uh, take uh, uh, with an 18-year-old friend, you know, mm-hmm. uh, trust some truck driver, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and then make it there and then just kind of carry on, right? It's it's really yes. a um, uh, kind of a string. That's a, That would be the German way to say it, a roter Faden. I'm kind of <laughs> I'm trying to think of the... It's like something that's uh, reoccurring in your life, you yes. know, this, this yeah. uh, um, which, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I would say we were very young and naive and that yeah. helped. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. If you were more mature and really think about yeah. it, sit down and think about right. it, I don't know yeah. uh, if we would have taken that yeah. risk because we, I mean, we knew even at 18 that we were risking our lives. Sure, um, yeah. yeah. Excellent. So then you go from Western Germany um, to uh, to England, uh, yeah. another culture shock, right? Yep. Well, a lesser culture shock, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit less, yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. So you lived as an au pair within a family? Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, with an American family. Okay. So yeah. they were in the service, so <laughs> they were fairly new in England. So it was kind of fun because with the American family, I explored England with them together, which mm-hmm. was kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So they, yeah. uh, uh, so you, so you got to see a lot of the countryside and different yes. uh, things. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 So I was two years in England with yeah. his family, and then um, met a gentleman over there in England, and mm-hmm. through his work, we came over to the U.S. You know, you're the perfect. And this just comes to me. You're the perfect guest for a podcast called Westbound because yes. you're just progressively <laughs> going more west as we're talking. So, From very east to very yeah. west. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, and then you learned English there, I'm assuming, too, right? That's probably In England, yeah. yeah. We mm-hmm. didn't have, uh, I mean, we had some English lessons in East Germany, but it was very minute and just in the afternoons mm-hmm. and very elective. So, we did. We had really more Russian in school than, mm-hmm. than English. So, I didn't speak any English when I went to England, which was one of the reasons I wanted to go, because mm-hmm. I knew English was the language to speak if you want to do any kind of international um, business or international travels. Sure. So I took that opportunity really to learn English yeah. um, when I was with the American family, which was really great because kids are great to teach you a language. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I was reading children books, you know, and I learned a lot from that. Yeah. And the kids were were great to teach me English. They loved it. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Usually the adults have all the answers, but this way. It was kind of turned around so the kids could teach me something so they left it as well yeah and then yeah. i have three young kids myself and they're i mean talking about time slowing down you know i mean they have pay infinite patience you know mm. if, if it's something that they want to do like read yeah. a book or yes. you know now if it's something i want to do of course they don't <laughs> but um yeah very yeah. cool then how uh, did you make the uh, jump across the big puddle like how did you get to the united states yeah mm-hmm. well it was really more or less um more than anything, it was curiosity. I always wanted to come and see uh, America because we've heard so much about it in the mm-hmm. East. Um, so really, it was more more or less curiosity. Mm-hmm. But it was through the uh, job, uh, f- through the gentleman that I met mm-hmm. uh, uh, in England that mm-hmm. we came over to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the initial um, move that we made over to the U.S. Interesting. Yeah. And I thought he brought up something interesting is the... The uh, the curiosity got probably even greater because yes. someone <laughs> didn't allow you to learn about it or yeah so um, I, I can I can assume like movies or music were probably sought after and that kind of stuff right yeah, yeah. I mean most most of the things that I knew about America was really through the movies yeah. Um, 
And then obviously the propaganda we had in East Germany, which I said, you know, we didn't believe in, right. but I knew I wanted, uh, after all these conflicting things that I heard, I want to go and make up my own mind. Find I want to see for myself yeah. and well, really want to experience America so, uh, wow. through my own eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really, I mean, it's, uh, I'm sure you've done, uh, as, as in a cultural coach, I'm sure you've done all kinds of self-assessments for yourself, but I mean, I, mm. I bet you courage, you score very high on I mean, to take this kind of um, uh, uh, journey is, is really yeah. impressive, yeah. Or na naivete, <laughs> one, one of them. A bit of both, yeah, yeah. No, that, it's, not, it's not bad, you know, I think they go hand in hand. Yes, yes, yeah. you're right. Very cool, that's great. And uh, so you come to the States, where in the States did you spend some time? Yeah, my first year was actually Milwaukee, it was uh, actually north of Milwaukee was my first year and I met a wonderful American family there, I'm mm -hmm. actually still very much connected, I always say it's my American family. Family and they say I'm their German daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so it was my first year, and then I went down to Texas and mm -hmm. then to Atlanta. So. And then to Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So seen a little bit actually of each. Of, yes. Or yes, lots yes. of different regions. Yes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. we talk in, in, in the intercultural world. Mm -hmm. We, you know, people tend to think of national cultures, which obviously is a big, uh, a big topic. But there's so many regional oh, cultures yeah. or um, company cultures, right. you know, the, you can dice culture in many different ways. Yeah. And U.S. is so big, it's, which is a lot of uh, foreigners actually underestimate how large this country is. Mm -hmm. And certain regions have their own little flair and culture as well. Yeah, it's interesting because we have that in Germany. I mean, we talked That's about true, yes. you're from a region in, in Germany where there's a very strong dialect. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and there is many different dialects mm -hmm. in Germany mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, yeah. there's amongst the different uh, states, so to say, uh, yep. within Germany, there's mm -hmm. a lot of cultural differences. And then here we're talking yeah. about a country that, I mean, Germany is the size of Texas, so yes. <laughs> uh, quite a bit larger and lots of just yes. coast to coast differences, yes. right? And then the middle is completely different. Yes. Too, so, yeah. And the South, certainly yeah. the South is yeah. very different than like the Big Apple or California. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So is, um, do you think that experience, having you know grown up the way you did, and uh, I mean, all the way up until 18, do you think that's really impacted your decision to become an intercultural coach? I think so. I uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but with all the transformation and change and uh, and adaptation I had to make to adjust and acclimate to a different environment is certainly something that I take with me when I coach my clients or if I teach a class, mm -hmm. uh, what it really entails to do that. So you have to really, to really help someone else, you have to have that experience yourself mm -hmm. to really understand people that are going through that if they move to a different country or if they have to work on an international team how do you deal with people that really think differently than you do mm -hmm. even though you don't understand it mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but there is a difference and you really have to adjust and be really in tune you have to put your radars up and really be aware that people might just think differently or act differently mm -hmm. and it's not a a good or bad thing it's just different yeah but we have to develop a sensitivity to that in order to understand and be able to relate to each other yeah. so definitely i learned a lot um without intention really yeah <laughs> or preparing myself for this um but kind of the stars aligned where my education and my personal experiences just uh was a perfect storm to create my company and work with international teams. So. Yeah, excellent. And how, so how, how does someone decide to become a you know, cultural <laughs> coach? You know, I think mean, we've all had our unique uh, ways of how we ended up in, in, in yes. our pro chosen professions. How, how, how does that happen? How, what, what happened? Yeah, mm -hmm. um, well, for me, um, like I said, I always was curious about why people do what they do. Mm -hmm. Human behavior fascinated me. Mm -hmm. um, and it still does. You you mm -hmm. you always learn. You're never done learning when it comes to human yeah. behaviors, yeah, that's right? For sure, yeah. Um, Movement target. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So I decided to study psychology. So mm -hmm. I went to school here in the U.S. I started here in the U.S. and studied psychology. Got my master's. Mm -hmm and learned a lot and I worked in this field uh, for quite some time as well. And then really more or less by accident, I switched over into coaching. Mm -hmm. 
And um, it is really good fit for me. Coaching is a little bit different. Uh, there is some overlap, but uh, it is very positive and forward moving. Mm -hmm. So you get people that are successful, that are ambitious, and they know what they want, and they want to take their life and their career to another level. Mm -hmm. And I can help people really with that transition. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so that is what, uh, for me, it was, like I said, more or less an accident that mm -hmm. I switched over into coaching. Yeah. But I learned that this is a really good fit for me. I really like that. And so I got further education and got my board certification uh, mm -hmm. as a coach. And then obviously you take some classes and mm -hmm. do some, your own research and also from my own experience that you have a niche, you focus on a certain topic in coaching mm -hmm. uh, because there are many types of coaching. Yeah, so you have a, a coaching practice as well as the intercultural piece, right? They're, yes. they're two separate things, right? Well, it's one company, yeah, yes, sure, sure. but we provide uh, different services, mm -hmm. uh, the one-on-one -on -one coaching, mm -hmm. uh, if it's uh, topics on culture or mm -hmm. simply topics on leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, so the beauty about coaching is uh, you can really zone into that one particular person. It's mm -hmm. very, very personalized. Mm -hmm. You meet the person where they are, if there are culture topics in there or not. At the end of the day, it's kind of all combined anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oftentimes culture comes up, but it doesn't always have to be or it doesn't always start out to be. Yeah. So we do the one-on-one -on -one coaching, and but we also do intercultural training mm -hmm. and, and, and workshops, mm -hmm. um, either for expats that come here the mm -hmm. first time they come to the U.S. Uh, from anywhere really in the world, mm -hmm. for them to learn the American culture, but mm -hmm. also the American business culture. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the fun things to do and to see here, but also how do you communicate mm -hmm. with people at work? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you relate to Americans? Because there really is a difference. So we bring awareness um, to the table. We bring awareness to uh, expats that come here so they're better prepared mm -hmm. and they can easier acclimate and be faster in their productivity to have an impact on the organization when they're here. So that's uh, expat services. Mm -hmm. We also work uh, people that may have been here for a long time or international companies that have multicultural teams. Mm -hmm. They need some help for people to work more effectively together. Mm -hmm. So we have workshops around that, either culture specific or general. Um, so yeah, we have those trainings as well. Do you see your clients being mostly proactive about this or do they call you when the proverbial <laughs> bleep hits the fan or how, how when do you usually see your services being requested? Yes, yeah. um, we're seeing both now. Okay. Um, Although I, I still think there's a lot of room for companies to recognize the importance of culture in mm -hmm. an organization. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes people call because there's a problem or they see a challenge or mm -hmm. they see inefficiencies, they see frustration, they see misunderstandings, mm -hmm. sometimes conflicts. Mm -hmm. It can escalate to high turnover, to lawsuits. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen it all. It yeah. can really escalate. It really has a hardcore bottom line mm -hmm. uh, effect uh, on the organization. Mm -hmm. uh, but more and more companies uh, are realizing it now to give their expats uh, some cultural support when they send them overseas. Mm -hmm. So it's good to see that that's happening now. So we, we see both. We see both. Okay. Yes. Yeah. How yes. it's interesting. I read this book um, a few years ago. I can't think of the name, but it talked about, I think it was leadership. Um, and then it was, um, was one other trait and what was the whole book was arguing that you know if you were born with a leadership trait of a two you'll never be an eight and if you're born with a leadership of an eight you can maximum increase your leadership ability to a nine okay and um, that's what this book was arguing okay. yeah like so maybe it was strength finder 2.0 oh, one of these books yes, yes yes and i don't know which one it was but um is that been your experience like how how much of a how much can you move the needle, so to say, on an individual? I mean, given mm -hmm. that they yeah. are interested in changing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't ever put parameters around people. Mm -hmm. I think I'm very optimistic. It's really what you want to get out of coaching mm -hmm. is what you're gonna get out. If you want to move from a five to a seven, you can. Mm -hmm. If you want to move from a three to a twelve, you can. Mm -hmm. So it really is how much you're gonna put in. Mm -hmm. um, so I would never 
put a parameter around someone, you can only move. Yeah, sure. <laughs> to two points. So you've um, seen, so you've seen people like actually make leaps and bounds changes. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. In many different ways. Oftentimes, I work with people on the work business, on the business side. Mm -hmm. So uh, you coach them for leadership or they may have gotten a promotion or there's maybe difficult conversation mm -hmm. conflicts on, on the team, mm -hmm. whatever the topic might be or culturally uh, for sure. Uh, so you can work with them on, but if they're really invested, uh, there are a lot of aha moments, there are a lot of transformations and insights that can happen that also changes their personal life yeah. and that is where i get excited right. about uh to see i actually had a couple of times where even though i didn't know the spouse but after coaching the spouse thing me <laughs> for coaching uh their spouse because they have a better version of their spouse at home isn't that so interesting how it. we just need to untangle ourselves you know to yes. really you know the spouse that's a whole nother thing i mean yes. i can imagine that Specifically with the expats, for example, that's probably a key piece yes. uh, to them actually sticking, right? Yes, yes. I love working with families mm -hmm. uh, because you have to include the whole family. If someone moves overseas, they rarely do it themselves. Mm -hmm. So if they bring their family with them, actually the, the spouse who comes along with it tends to have a more difficult time mm -hmm. simply because they don't have the purpose of going to work every day. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have that network, that social outlet, uh, like someone who actually uh, comes here to work in an organization. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's very important that the family also gets to support either the spouse, sometimes their kids as well. Mm -hmm. And for them to have that support, certainly at the beginning, for, for them to help, uh, to understand, you know, trying to navigate these differences. And there are lots of differences. Yeah, A lot of people understand estimate especially coming from from Europe over yeah. to the US there's oftentimes people think ah oh, it's it's really it's it's not that it's the same but people think they know America right. because they've seen the movies <laughs> they may have been to Florida yeah. on vacation yeah. you know but moving here and living here and working here different is ballroom. very different yeah yes. I always say to um, within our group is like don't overlook our differences because of our similarities. Exactly. You know, it is so easy to think we're alike and, and, and yes. they, they're very different cultures. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. it can be a trap, a trap yeah. of similarities. Yeah. If you go to Asia, you know you will expect differences and right. you will prepare yourself. Mm -hmm. But coming from Europe to the US, there is sometimes little, if at all, any preparation. Yeah. 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 If you uh, if you were to say like the top three differences, uh, what what are some mm. glaring ones? <laughs> the glaring ones, um, I think communication style is a big one. Certainly for for German expats, mm -hmm. um, we have a very direct communication style, which doesn't always land really nicely here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. Um, I work with expats kind of to soften things up mm -hmm. and have some tricks uh, that we, for example, small talk. I teach mm -hmm. a lot of my expats, certainly Germans mm -hmm. don't like small talk, mm -hmm. but I always say it's not about the conversation, it's about building the relationship. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. having a few minutes and talk with someone to connect with someone, um, show some interest in, in, in them and what, takes, you know, what makes them tick. Um, mm -hmm. That builds the relationship and, mm -hmm. and that's really what you need. Yeah. Uh, so even though it's very uncomfortable for many Germans to do it, I had to learn it. Uh, it was uncomfortable for really? me. Really? I actually love it. I've, like, I don't know why, <laughs> like from the very get-go, it's just my personality. It's your personality, I just really yeah. fit you extremely yes. well. Like I love the whole, yes. uh, you know, you meet someone in an elevator and it's a little yes. bit of chit-chat, you know, like this just a general notion is always mm -hmm. everybody's friendly and uh, yeah. I know some of it has no yeah it's, it's really just a, but but you're encountering mm -hmm. someone you're not just standing in an elevator not saying anything to each yeah. other you know yeah and I yeah. love it too don't get yeah. me wrong yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I yeah. just didn't know how to sure, do the yeah, small yeah. talk sure. you know yeah and Germans tend to if they do talk they tend to go deep yes. it's more of a deeper discussion yes we have no problems talking about politics right <laughs> but that's not part of uh, small talk right. so <laughs> so there's an art to it to do small talk that's yes. very true yes. yeah yes. I have actually when I go back to my family in Germany now um, there's there's a couple of times where I'm like wow this is this is um, I have nothing to do with you as foreign policy you know don't hold me responsible yes, you know yes, it's a very yes. direct like hey what's going on and 
know, yes, this kind of thing. So, yes. yeah, very interesting. <laughs> so, the loaded question, what is sure. culture? Yeah, good yeah. question, yeah. yes. Well, there are defi many defi different definitions out there. Um, I always say it's a, it's a set of shared values and traditions and norms. Mm -hmm. Another way to say it is this is how we do things around here, mm -hmm. especially when you talk about corporate culture. Uh, it's easy to sum it up in that sense. This is how we do things around here. I, that, so. I like that. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like the yeah, everybody you hear the you know the Earth's group way, right? Or the mind your culture way. Right? Like you hear those <laughs> yes. kind of things. My wife works for a large German company, and they call it you know the company way. You know? Yes. So it's, yes. Yeah, yes. Interesting. It's yeah. kind of an identity. It's yeah. kind of yeah. And that can be good or bad, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what uh, what clientele do you serve? Like, is there like a certain industry focus mm -hmm. that you have uh, that yeah. you kind of did you get in there by default? How did that work? Yeah, um, the beauty about my work is uh, it doesn't have to be industry specific. I really work in a lot of different industries, um, but by default, I ended up uh, working quite a bit in the automotive industry. Okay. So that tends to be more of my focus, but um, I also get drawn into other projects that has nothing to do with automotive. Okay, yeah, yeah, very, yeah makes absolute sense, mm -hmm. right? Like much like a CFO or an HR manager, it's mm -hmm. very, um, it doesn't really matter the industry mm -hmm. really. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's good to have some understanding of sure. the industry, yeah. but it's not really necessary it's sure. it's not yeah i can still work with someone even though if i don't understand because coaching is about people culture it's about people it's all about relationships right. and people yeah and not so much about the actual trade mm -hmm. uh, of their work yeah is uh, at least like the large OEMs? Are you working more with the tier ones? Or? Yes, uh -huh. uh, all of the above. Mm -hmm. There's several um, uh, OEMs and also tier one and two, mm -hmm. uh, tier two suppliers. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Yeah, very And consulting companies and mm -hmm. you know anything around that. Yeah. yeah. And um, do you? So is this individual coaching mostly? Is this mm -hmm. in a group setting? How mm -hmm. how can you? Like, how would a project go? Like, the client yeah. hires you, yeah. kind of walk us through that a little yeah. bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I get a lot of requests for individual coaching. Mm -hmm. um, so let's say you have someone on a team that um, may, is a little, may be a little bit rough around the edges, um, maybe need to kind of bridge the gap culturally a little bit. Uh, they may call me and say, can you help this individual just to gain more insight and understanding and how to relate to people um, working on the team. Uh, so it's one-on-one -on -one coaching for sure. Um, but also companies, for example, I had a company just the other day calling me and say, um, we have 50 people locally, they're actually in Houston, mm -hmm. um, and we have 17 nationalities represented on that's our so team. That's so cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And because it's a German company, right. uh, the headquarters is in Germany, and it's not so much those 17 nationalities yeah. that have a challenge. It's more how do you communicate with the headquarters. With the headquarters, yeah, exactly. And that is something we see quite often yeah. because the exposure, uh, the, the headquarters in Germany, the exposure is not there they don't really understand how yeah. things work and operate yeah uh, here here in, in the u.s that's so. right we talked about this at lunch also <laughs> it's like the culture gap doesn't seem to be <laughs> getting smaller does it i no. mean it's it's about the same or maybe drifting apart but it's yes. uh this has been ever since i've been here and specifically in, in what we do for for uh, for work, it's um, it's been a reoccurring theme that mm -hmm. uh, that's 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 very difficult to have that um, communication between the headquarter and uh, mm -hmm. between their subsidiary. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. Um, can you give us some examples of 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 some kind of assignments that you mm -hmm. uh, that you worked on um, that uh, um, that sure. were that started uh, quite uh, difficult, maybe, and then mm -hmm. really turned into some some great success? Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking of one gentleman that I coached a company um, said that they could use some help. This was a, a, a German gentleman that worked in the US. He's been here for quite some time. I think he was here already 10 years, mm -hmm. but he's still kind of um, 
had some troubles with uh, people at work on his team. Now, the interesting thing is they liked him on a personal level, mm -hmm. but they had a hard time working with him interesting. Uh, to the point that there was some sabotage where they actually mm -hmm. sabotaged some of the projects. Mm -hmm. And this is where they said, OK, we can't have that. So do you usually have I'm trying to envision yeah. it in this scenario, right? Yeah. Like, so you either have someone who's extremely self-aware and calls you by themselves, <laughs> which is probably not the case all the time, or yes. you have someone else, his boss or HR or someone calling you, right? And now you're encountering an individual mm -hmm. that has been told to be in an intercultural training, right? Well, or, it's, mm -hmm. I, I have one criteria yeah. before I take on an assignment, okay. and that is the individual would want to do it. Good. You okay. cannot force anyone. Sure. I don't coach anyone if they don't want to be coached. Yeah. Because coaching is transformation and change. Mm -hmm. And if you don't see that you have to change something mm -hmm. or that you want to change it, I, I don't see change as a negative. I just see change mm -hmm. as a growth opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's not that we what we're doing is bad. Mm -hmm. It's just we need to adjust it sure. and do it a little bit different right. to get better results. Mm -hmm. So it's not a negative. It's not they're that they're wrong or they're they're you know it's just we all have our ways of doing they it. may not know better exactly i mean it's like your prism of life right it's we uh, all yeah. have it we all yeah. have our blind spots mm -hmm. and we all have areas that we can grow and develop mm -hmm. so if someone is willing to do that that's when i work with you interesting um, so you have probably a pretty extensive discovery process before right to see to kind of figure out, hey, this is the situation that yes. I will be encountering before I step on their campus or in their yes, office. Yes, yes. Yeah. A company may call me, but mm -hmm. I say, I want to talk to that individual first. Interesting. So I always meet with them, virtual or in person, mm -hmm. and get a feel for it. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? What do you want to get out of coaching? Mm -hmm. What do you want to work on? Mm -hmm. And that helps me to decide if I'm going to take on that assignment or not. And most of the time, be people do want to do that because mm -hmm. people know, you know, I can sure. be better at this or or can learn additional things. Mm -hmm. um, so people tend to do that. But this individual actually I was talking about <laughs> because he was kind of still kind of set in his German ways. Right. He said he, he was willing to do it, he said, but only because you're German, because you get me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's an additional benefit of working with yes, you. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was quite, even though he was pretty much set in his ways, and he he uh, he bumped uh, into people quite a bit, it didn't take much time once we talked about certain scenarios and for him to realize that things are just different. Mm -hmm. It's not right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Culture is not right or wrong. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to change who you are. You have to be truly authentic. Mm -hmm. uh, but just changing some minor things the way you approach someone mm -hmm. can make a big difference. Yeah. And this is what he learned. He learned that those little things was actually hurting him and the relationships at work and just it's a minor adjustment and it changed everything i mean even to the point and this is um actually his wife thanked me yeah, okay yeah, yeah <laughs> because yeah. he was less stressed yeah. he came home more relaxed and more satisfied with work yeah but also he ended up getting a promotion because uh, he was doing his job really well right i mean and this is what i see a lot people mm -hmm. are experts in their trade in their work yeah but relational is right. where the gaps right. are. Yeah. So for, for him, because he did such a great job, he knew his work really well, they couldn't promote him because he kind of was bumping head with heads with people. Right. But once he overcame that, then he ended up with a promotion. Yeah. So that was kind of a side effect from the coaching because that was not really intentionally <laughs> yeah. the purpose. That wasn't the goal of the coaching, but that was kind of uh, what, what came out of it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Once he learned, you know, how Americans take and yeah. kind of things he can adjust. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's, you know, in our business, which is executive recruiting, uh, you know, I, I often ask a client when they want to hire another executive, mm -hmm. Um, specifically like general management or leadership roles, uh, not, not functional ones, but the, the top ones, mm -hmm. 
Like you usually have, you know, the accountant financial types, you have the engineering operations types, or you mm -hmm. have the sales account management types. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we all are brought up in one of those. Mm -hmm. And you will fall back to those tendencies. Sure. You know, like I'm definitely on the sales and account management, you know, so I, mm -hmm. I know of my weaknesses and I surround myself with people on the financial side, for example, very strong CPA, because mm -hmm. I know I'll fail if I don't, you yes. know, give this attention, right? Yes. Um, do you see... Uh, issues with one out of those three particularly or do you see the same um you know that like maybe for example we have a lot of engineering mm -hmm. uh, uh clients like mm -hmm. do you see that and i have encountered absolute i would say top of the world experts mm -hmm. i mean i don't think any there's few people in the world they're probably top five of knowing mm -hmm. about a certain injection molding process mm -hmm. right or mm -hmm. and but on a, on a, on a, I wouldn't even say leadership level, but like on a connecting with other people level, mm -hmm. there were serious lacks that you could see mm -hmm. right away when like, this is going to be a real problem for you. Yeah. You know, it, are you seeing uh, that, you know, maybe the financial types have more issues mm -hmm. or the engineering types have more issues or the sales mm -hmm. and account management types have more issues or you kind of across the board, you see different people with different challenges? Uh, kind of across the board it really depends on your personality and also your curiosity in general if you're open mm -hmm. in learning and wanting be curious about someone else and mm -hmm. someone else's culture regardless your of, of your career mm -hmm. that is i mean it sounds so simple but it's really curiosity that's, that's what makes you successful mm -hmm. so it's really on a personal level how interested you are in learning about cultural differences not so much about your actual career However, having said that, you're absolutely right. There are certain uh, careers. Um, we also say there, you can even say it's a certain culture among engineers. Mm -hmm. It's a certain mindset, right? Mm -hmm. They're very, very technical. Mm -hmm. And with that, by default, is to less focus on people. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to lump them all together and say that's how engineers, and I know you weren't doing that. No, I agree. And, and I 100% agree with you. Like, it's because mm -hmm. I've seen some that completely made themselves, like, almost rose above that mm. tendency yes like what to where i'm like wow now you are <laughs> extremely good in this yes. plus you got this piece i mean yes. that's pretty unbeatable you know whereas yes. uh, the yes. sales account management type will always be lacking mm. that that mm. technical yeah stuff yeah and that's the thing i would uh, recommend some companies before they send someone overseas to take a look at not just their skill set mm -hmm. what they have yes they might be a real expert uh in their field but do they have what it takes to be open enough and curious enough uh, to make some adjustments in mm -hmm. culture? This is more important than actually the actual trade and mm -hmm. skill set that they bring. Do you believe in assessments? Like, uh, are there like, are you heavy on ass assessing people and, and measuring against assessments? Um, or? I'm not a big fan of assessments. Okay. We certainly have assessments, mm -hmm. and we can use them. Mm -hmm. But uh, I know that most people or companies they know where the pain points are. Uh, it's really more in a conversation and asking some questions that I flush things out. Mm -hmm. uh, where where are the gaps? Mm -hmm. So I do it more in a conversation than actually have a have an ex assessment. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's uh, that's something that we come across all the time, mm -hmm. you know, where someone would like to do yes, some sure. kind of uh, mm -hmm. testing. But then I also see that it's really not a, speaking of culture, there is no testing culture within the company. <laughs> so it's like yes. now you have one data point, mm -hmm. you know, where you have 400 employees, you need 399 other data points to know mm -hmm. what to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Have you worked with Greenfields before, like complete startups, like where I'm assuming... It's like super high pressure. Yeah, yeah. not much, mm -hmm. simply because they don't necessarily see. So someone is brand new and mm -hmm. forming a company, they don't really see the impact of culture yet. Mm -hmm. I usually work with companies that are mid-size or large size that I always say they have to fall on their noses a few times mm -hmm. before they realize, oh, culture is important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um same it, with recruiting by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I yeah. can see that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So not so much with startups. Yeah. Okay. Not that I cannot, it's just uh, I don't get requests from them because they mm -hmm. don't necessarily see the need of it. Yet. I would think there's a huge need there. You know, we work with a few greenfield startups, right? And this should all start already in Europe. Um, you mm -hmm. know, with training there and preparing people to come and mm -hmm. You know, too often we see someone being sent as an expert that 
you know, their experience has been a, half, a semester of university in the U.S. Mm -hmm. or, you know, has been more times in Florida on vacation than someone else. I'm kind of making fun of it, <laughs> yes, you know, but yes. it's not extensive, um, you know, in, where you really pick up all the nuances and, and, mm -hmm. and understand uh, the country. You know? Yes. Like I said, some people, they are here for 10 years or longer and they still benefit. I have them in my uh, in, in our cultural trainings yeah. and they're like, Oh, wow, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Of course, that makes sense. Oh, that's what I've been doing. Sure. That explains it. Yeah. You know, the light bulbs go on because unless you really think about it, mm -hmm. um, you know, you you may not be aware of it. Yeah. So you yeah. can be in a culture for 10 years or more and still learn something. I still learn. I've been here for over 25 yeah. years. I still learn something yeah, so about the American culture. 100%. <laughs> and speaking to the regional differences, right? Yes. I mean, it's uh, if you spend some time in the Midwest, it's a very different. Uh, we get, yeah. we have uh, really, it's really fun because we have assignments all over the states. And uh, so you get to speak with people out of the Northeast, you know, one week, the next day you speak with people out of California, completely mm -hmm. different speed. Mm -hmm. Or the Midwest, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, I'm doing an assignment right now in in, in South Dakota, a very different yes. uh, type of person yeah. than, uh, you know, working. I'm also working on a sales position in uh, in California, you know, very mm -hmm. different type. So, yes. yeah, yes, it's yes, interesting. Yes. So you would say then probably that's a constant effort, right, to have to that coaching should really be a um, a mindset or a <laughs> coaching should be a culture like you know what I mean <laughs> actually interesting yeah. enough that you say that yeah. we actually also work on company culture mm -hmm. uh, topics so when we work with companies that want to do a company culture change mm -hmm. right now there is actually a trend that a lot of companies want to have a coaching culture okay so and we actually have a program to teach their leaders how to have a coaching conversation. Mm -hmm. So the actual culture of an organization becomes a coaching culture. Mm -hmm. It's very different from the traditional management style mm -hmm. to be more of a modern manager. And we talked over lunch about generational differences. The younger generation wants to be coached. They want to be developed. Mm -hmm. But how do you do that if you've never been taught? Mm -hmm. So you can actually create an environment, you can create a culture of an organization where leaders know how to have a coaching conversation mm -hmm. and it shifts the entire organization in a much more productive way. Yeah, interesting. It's incredible. Yeah, especially with retaining um, top new talent yes. looking for uh, you know constant progression, advancement and you know, like you said at lunch, we talked about, you know, we're from a generation where, you know, you took a job, you got a paycheck, you know, and <laughs> yes. uh, and um, certainly that has evolved, you know, yes, but yes. Um, that that's different now. You know, it's a different um, uh, focus right mm -hmm. off the get go, right out of college, yeah. um, you know, and yeah. I can see that. And you being... can talk about generational cultures, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. yeah. Co cultures all over. It, cultures all over. I see culture everywhere. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Yeah. I always say we all swim in culture, uh -huh. uh, if we know it or not. But it's really cultures all around us, mm -hmm. and it's kind of a mental programming, which is another definition of culture. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really the way we see the world, our perspectives, our mindset, uh, our view of the world, it's really shaped by our culture. Mm -hmm. um, so I always say we are swimming in culture if we know it or not. Yeah. Also organizations, they all have a culture if they know it or not, mm -hmm. if it's intentional or not. Mm -hmm. Each company has a culture. Yeah, there's all kinds of biases that we walk around with. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there's there's some big ones right now that hit the news and everybody <laughs> pays yes. attention to those. But um, yes. Yeah, it's almost unfair a little bit because you have only so much time and you have a family and you have a profession and mm -hmm. you have an upbringing, right? And you, so you have this prism, like I called it mm -hmm. earlier, to, that you walk through life with. Mm -hmm. And intentionally or unintentionally, that's been formed in, formed in you and now this mm -hmm. is how you see the world. Yes. So it's um, like a conscious effort to change it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's not good or bad. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing is to be aware of it if you interact with someone who has a different point of view or different perspective or different culture or different uh, view of the world. Again, it's not good or bad. It's just having the awareness and how do you engage with someone who is different from you or thinks mm -hmm. differently. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 How do you define success with a coaching client? Mm -hmm. Like how, what, what is, 
where you walk out and then I mean obviously the the, the wife or husband calling and saying hey my marriage has changed that's pretty good right yeah, yes that's yes. Uh, probably um, a real but how how would you say it's like oh, this 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 turned out pretty good the way people feel mm -hmm. they feel better about themselves mm -hmm. they're reaching their goals mm -hmm. uh they're even exceeding their goals mm -hmm. there are always things that come up that they didn't really plan up front is having these aha moments these insights for themselves this mm -hmm. is really what coaching is mm -hmm. coaching is from the inside out training is from the outside in mm -hmm. so training is i give you information mm -hmm. that you will take with you mm -hmm. Coaching is from the inside out. It's really to bringing what's already there to bring the best out of you mm -hmm. and make the best out of it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of self-discovery there. Mm -hmm. um, so for people to have aha moments and really capitalize on their strength on things that are already there mm -hmm. and making some changes or some adaptation in their lives to really better their lives, uh, to advance their career, mm -hmm. whatever it is that they want to. Uh, uh, accomplished during coaching. I don't have any agenda in coaching other than to help you mm -hmm. to reach your goals. Mm -hmm. And it really is a privilege uh, for me to work with someone. I don't take it lightly if someone trusts me to sit down with me for a few months sure. and, and talk about what are their struggles or what goes really well or where are their gaps and uh, to really take it to the next level. So yeah. it really is a privilege for me to work with people. That's interesting. This just came to mind. So you have a psychology degree. Yes. Um, you could also have people come to your office, pay you $400 an hour, <laughs> and um, have a completely different practice, right? Yes. Whereas this is more like a kind of on-the-job kind of coaching, right? Yeah. Can you, uh, 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 what, what led you to do, go more that direction rather than mm -hmm. go in the traditional psychology route? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, well, like I said, I kind of stumbled into coaching by accident. Yeah. I actually worked uh, for many years for an organization. They um, supported people with disabilities in oh. the workforce. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we helped them uh, gain uh, employment, but also to keep employment. Mm -hmm. And you coached not only that individual, but you coached people around them as well to have a supportive environment mm -hmm. to support people in, uh, with disabilities in the workforce. Very interesting. Okay. And there I learned the difference between counseling and coaching okay. because I learned my people, disabilities, abilities, we all have them. Mm -hmm. We all have disabilities if they're visible or not, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. We all have abilities and we all have disabilities. Yes. Um, to take people where they are and what they have and capitalize on their strength. There is nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Just because you don't have a certain skill set mm -hmm. or not a certain experience doesn't mean you cannot be a productive member of society. Mm -hmm. So taking, this is what coaching is, taking what's already there. What are you really good at? Mm -hmm. And let's use that to your advantage to advance you and your career and mm -hmm. then your life. Cool. So this is where I made that switch to difference between therapy and mm -hmm. counseling because in counseling, you help people to get more stable or get out of a dysfunction. Sure. While in coaching, I don't think you're dysfunctional. Mm. I think you're very individual, responsible for yourself, very strong, stable individual who mm -hmm. just is eager to take their lives to the next And you don't level. know how to get there and you can help. And I can yeah. help. Yeah. And it doesn't mean everyone needs to have a coach, but a coach can help you to get there faster. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes people are not clear, okay, I have goals, I want to accomplish that, mm -hmm. but they're not really clear what there really are, these goals. Sure. They have general ideas, but a coach can help you to identify what does it really look like? What what do you really want? Right. It's kind of when you go on a trip, mm -hmm. okay, we're here in Atlanta right now. Right. And someone says, I want to go to California. Yeah. So I'll have some questions. <laughs> California is big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. Where do you want to go? Yeah. You want to drive per car? You want to hop an airplane? Yeah. What are you going to pack? How long do you want to be there? All these things a coach can help you asking questions that you may not ask yourself. Yeah. So you will get to your destination uh, faster. Very interesting. How, do you, how long is usually an engagement mm -hmm. on an individual level to see impact yeah on mm -hmm. average uh it's six months mm -hmm. um people extend it for mm -hmm. another six months mm -hmm. or so some people start with three months mm -hmm. because they're not quite sure what coaching is mm -hmm. and i certainly understand that and is it a weekly in, uh, meeting or, or how typically do you, yes yeah. 
it's weekly, mm -hmm. an hour. Um, most, most of it is virtual that we can do. And that's why we have clients all over the world mm -hmm. where, where we can coach them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. uh, talk a little bit about, you know, I kind of studied on your website, and but we haven't talked about it yet. It, it looks like it's not just you. It's it's mm -hmm. uh, it's several other partners that you're working with. Maybe yes. you can talk about yes. that. Yes, I have strategic partners yeah. uh, in our company. Mm -hmm. We also have a couple of people that are specific on certain culture clusters, for mm -hmm. example, Asian mm -hmm. culture. I'm not an expert in, in, in Asian culture. Mm -hmm. I have some general understandings mm -hmm. and research and things like that. If it's just about awareness, I can talk about it. But mm -hmm. if someone needs a deeper dive into the Asian culture, I mm -hmm. have other consultants that, that help me. So different clusters mm -hmm. uh, around the globe. And also I have other strategic partners when it comes to company culture mm -hmm. uh, initiatives. So mm -hmm. we have different projects there that we can work on. That's excellent. Yeah. Do you work uh, only in the States or do you work also in Germany or in Europe or how? I mean, we, Zoom, everything would be possible, I guess. Yeah. Yes, we're yeah. locate, yeah. located in the States, but mm -hmm. literally we work with clients all over the world. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. And is uh, uh, do you work mostly in person or is it mostly by, by Zoom or Teams or something like that? It's actually mostly virtual okay simply for logistic reasons yeah sure um so there's I, a lot of cost i mean that's from always for all businesses really changed yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and covid thank goodness has yeah. one good thing that came out of covid I agree. people got used to yeah. uh, virtual work and they see that it really works yeah um so i typically meet my clients in person the first time mm -hmm. And then we'll do it virtual. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Depending yeah. where they're located. Yeah. If someone is local, it's different. But yeah, yeah. What did I What did I not ask yet about intercultural coaching? I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff <laughs> I missed, but I can't think of uh, anything uh, to ask right now. Is there anything yeah. that? Uh... Um, I think what's uh, people surprise often when I uh, share the statistics, um, and and that really goes down to how important culture is in the business. It actually shows research has been done by Sherm. They say seventy percent of international ventures fail due to cultural differences. That is amazing. That is an astonishing yeah. number. It's, yeah. yeah. And so companies, even though uh, they may not fail, but there are lots of inefficiencies mm. uh, that they it might be hard to measure. Mm. But it really is there. The impact of cultural differences, if it's not managed well, has really a, a, a hardcore bottom line mm -hmm. effect on mm -hmm. an organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the flip side, if you have multicultural teams, if you have people with cult different cultural backgrounds, mm -hmm. with their different perspectives and experiences, if you manage that well, it increases 35% of creativity and innovation. Hmm. The key is that it has to be managed well. Mm -hmm. There has to be an awareness and there has to be a skill set how to manage these differences mm -hmm. and how do you engage with someone. Mm -hmm. And this is where culture intelligence comes in. Mm -hmm. Usually people say, oh, you're German or you work with this culture and this, this culture. Um, there's always an element in our trainings. There's always an element of uh, culture intelligence. Mm -hmm. And that's the ability on how to communicate and relate to someone from a different culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't have to know all the ins and outs of a culture, mm -hmm. but you need to know how to navigate or how to relate to someone who mm -hmm. is has a different cultural background. Mm -hmm. So it's really the culture intelligence. It's a skill set that everyone can learn. Certainly the leaders, any global leader, any leader that has a team um, that is international or multicultural, they have to develop that skill. That's the number one skill set that you need if you work in an international environment. That's incredible. It's culture intelligence. Yeah, that's a with. Uh, we work with a lot of uh, greenfield um, mm -hmm. startups, and I've seen numerous fail. Now, I I don't want to say that they all had to do with with uh, mm -hmm. with culture. Yeah. Um, but. Um, uh, but they failed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so something happened there, mm -hmm. you know, and there was internationals involved. Yeah. So um, that's yes. how would you do you go? Uh, have you ever done a project where you get access to the company and you get to completely map the company where you say, OK, I see there's this individual, there's that individual, there's <laughs> this individual. And if I change these things, I'm going to get to 
you know, this company is going to change gears because I'm, I don't know if anybody ever gave you access like that, but <laughs> that, that, I'm sure that'd be a dream. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I do get, and that's, again, I see it as a privilege that mm -hmm. I get to uh, a, a view behind the scenes in organizations, mm -hmm. that they let me in and let me see uh, their inefficiencies or their gaps that mm -hmm. are there. Um, and I don't take that lightly. Mm -hmm. I I. I highly respect that and Absolutely. appreciate that. Yep. Um, it is really more through our programs that we deliver that these things flush out. Mm -hmm. I never say this person is not good or that person needs to change. It is through our programs that it naturally unfolds. Uh, who will stay, who will go, who will adjust, who will not. Mm -hmm. uh, because I just get a little sliver in there and I don't know all the history. Mm -hmm. So I never go in there and tell people sure. what to do. Yeah. Um, that would be pretty presumptuous of me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> and I truly believe in people and people can change and people can learn. Mm -hmm. So I rather give the platform for people to do that. Mm -hmm. And you naturally either move out or further in the organization than for me to come in and tell people mm -hmm. where they should go. Where they should go, what they should do. Yeah, excellent. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. <laughs> very, very, very interesting. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much for coming and sharing with us about coaching, about you, about the company. It's been very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. Can you... Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, um, or your how, how do people find you? Your company sure. website, you know, do you have Twitter, yes. LinkedIn, yes. any of those kind of things? I'm not a big fan of the social media, or let's say I don't have much time for social media sure. stuff. Yeah. We should we... all stay off of it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Except for LinkedIn, everybody get on LinkedIn, please, because yes. we use this heavily. So yes, I'm every yeah. day on LinkedIn. That's the one yeah. outlet that I have. Uh, and obviously our website, mm -hmm. uh, mindyourculture.com is uh -huh. our website. Uh, you can uh, fill out a contact form there yeah. or send us an email info, info at mindyourculture.com. Nice. And LinkedIn, of course. Excellent. LinkedIn. Yeah, yes. very good. Yes. Great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. It was uh, uh, fantastic yeah. to everybody thank listening you. and watching. Um, if you would please uh, share, like, comment, we would mm -hmm. greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you have any ideas on content that we should bring you um, or any comments on what we could do better, uh, we would certainly appreciate it. We'll hear you all or we'll see you all next time. Thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs>